Welcome, welcome, welcome to the week 11 edition of the Sunday Night Rundown and the first week of the gated Jolly Joker Rumble tournaments, the extra point, the field goal, and the touchdown all launched today. We're going to get into the specifics of how the leaderboards are looking, going to get into a little bit of fun poker chat. TJ, Justin, how are you guys on Sunday evening? Doing well, doing well. Yeah, coming off a little little weekend poker grind for myself. So I was just doing nothing but sitting on the couch and watching football today. And it was not very exciting football to watch today, pretty much across the league. Not 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 the best, but you know, good, good, uh, good weekend for me overall. And yeah, excited to talk some Jolly Jokers. Got the all the contests up and running today. Had had some mints flying in all week long and overall fun times in the in the OTM and JJ Worlds. So just to be clear, Friday, you sat down and you watched a game and you kind of played a game. And then Saturday, you sat and you watched and you kind of played a game. And then Sunday, you sat and you watched and kind of played a game. Really, really healthy lifestyle. You know, Friday and Saturday, I just sat there, did a lot of this. You know, you just you just slide the cards, slide the cards into the middle, slide the cards into the middle. Fold, fold, fold. It's, whew. I mean, yeah, it was. So, like, on Friday, the poker started at noon, and then we bagged chips at, like, 2.30 a.m. So, like, literally 14 straight hours of of playing poker. And actually, I told All right, all right. let's set, let's the set the stage. The whole story was the most. Yeah, let's set, set the, the stage, stage first for, for, the, for the people. TJ. Yeah. Pretty avid poker player, definitely someone who grinds the online streets, is notoriously known by his friend group to just basically be always taking all the money all the time since he's been 12 years old uh, and and ultimately gets a chance to play in the first live tournament at the Brigada Casino in two years. Um, we'll let you give us the details of the tournament, how much of the how, how much was the buy-in, how many people played, when did it start, and ultimately where did you end up? Yeah, yeah. So it was a tournament at the Brigada in Atlantic City. It was a fifteen hundred dollar buy-in, which is pretty much tied with the. I've only ever played a, a fifteen hundred dollar buy-in one other time. I went and uh, played like the not the Millionaire Maker, but the oh, the Monster Stack, the World Series of Poker one year, a couple summers back. Mostly, I've just played like you know three hundred, five hundred dollar buy-ins, and I'd been eyeing it up for a while, but thought that it was maybe a little bit out of my price range. And then Wednesday night. Happened to just jump in at Poker Stars online, like hundred dollar buy-in, late regged it, and end up getting fourth place for one thousand four hundred and ninety-eight dollars. So pretty much the exact amount that I needed 
to buy in. So I was like, all right, I mean, this is a sign. I'm definitely, definitely going to go do this. I basically just satellited my way in and, uh, yeah, showed up there on, on Friday, played some poker and yeah, made it, made it to the second day, which was great. And then day two went, went pretty well, ended up making it to the final table and then getting all the way down to the final four where we, uh, chopped it up at the end. So, uh, yeah. And, and $76,000 richer in the pocket, which is by far my biggest ever poker cash uh, live or, or online. So super stoked, and it was a ton of fun. So to understand, again, you played a smaller tournament. You got 1498 1500 You take that 1500 You enter another tournament. You then get seventy six k. Is there a 76K tournament or do you go oh, to the yes. high roll? And there's a yeah, 50K now we got to run that up into like a milli, a milli next. I feel like that's that's got to be the play, right? Or is yeah. this at least like take 10K off and put that for the WSOP and then, I know. you know. I think I might, I might have to do that. I mean, I've been talking I've been talking about playing the WSOP main event for, I don't know, probably since I turned 21. I've never played it. And maybe maybe 2023 summer is going to be the one now that I got the the bankroll to to support it. And you know, I, I'm always you guys know me. I'm I'm always a a let it ride kind of guy. I, uh, I I'm a don't leave the table when you're on the heater. I typically anytime I win things, I, oh yeah, nice. I'm a little bit behind you, so you just saw that play. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's another. I'm already thinking there, there's a. So this was basically a warm up for like the big series or bigger series that Brigada is doing in January. I think it's a WPT event. It's going to be like televised and all. So they're running like a big $3 million guaranteed $5,300 buy-in tournament, which is really outside of my price range. But I mean, when you're, when you're playing with house money, but that's a lot. I probably this is what happened with DFS a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and then I mean, what, like, once you get into those tournaments too, I mean, everyone that's playing that, like people are going to, the pros are going to be like flying in for, for something like that. So it was a, it was a fun experience and, and good times, but uh, yeah, that was the, that was my poker weekend. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like Neil, um, your brother, um, who's, you know, lived the city with you a bunch, even when you guys were older was talking about how you guys had your like home games and such. And I was probably back in high school days and a couple of the guys chimed in and, uh, even back to like the Richmond days, which was now about 10 years ago. Um, I mean, I'm confident saying that I was the best player at our home game. I think Harrison was very good. I would definitely have put you either two or three. Um, I'm curious if you agree with that back then, but I'm saying I am like TJ's far surpassed me now. I don't play enough. TJ's definitely like during, during the COVID grinded, started studying, playing a ton of online. I think you like, I think most of us peaked our poker time in the past. I think you're one of the rare ones of our generation that like didn't peak during the online boom and you're on the upward trajectory for your poker still now. Yeah, yeah, I, de I definitely agree. I definitely think my poker game is the best that it's ever been. I've, you know, played a decent amount of online stuff. This is my third live tournament that I played in the last like three or four months, and I've made made day two on all of them, which has been great. And it's also like the the more that I play in these live tournaments, the more you get a feel for like how this all works. I mean, it, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like <laughs> you don't really start making good money until the final table, and then once you get to the final table, like it's so different. I mean, it's really a war of attrition and it's really all about 
conserving your stack and climbing up the ladders and like taking the good spots where you can take down a pot pre-flop without, you know, seeing a flop. But it's it's really, really about navigating. And, uh, you know, especially because inevitably there are short stacks and there's big pay jumps. So you don't want to bust before a short stack bump. So it was it was fun to like witness that dynamic in person. And like, I mean, ev- pretty much everyone at the final table is like clearly very good and, and knows what they're doing. So they're, you're not getting to the end of that tournament luck boxing. Like early on, there's definitely some soft players at my tables. But as we got down to like the final two, three tables, it was pretty much everyone. Everyone's like very solid to like legit professionals. Even the one, the one guy that was the, the winner, he had the most chips. He's a pro. There were two. There was another tournament going on in Philly this weekend and so he played the day one of that thursday night and then that ended at like 3 30 a.m then he played the brigada at 12 on friday then he played brigada day two on saturday and then today had day two for the the other tournament so twice as much poker as i played and he was basically like yeah i mean i haven't i really haven't slept because what i experienced on friday night was like i was exhausted but i also couldn't fall asleep because you're like so like hyped and like we we finished the night on the money bubble so you're like hyped up there's adrenaline and uh yeah i mean i get i get why like the top end poker players right now i mean they they really they take like working out and all that like eating healthy all that stuff very seriously and like i i get it because they're doing that like all day every day you've got to have a healthy lifestyle outside of that and like they treat themselves like athletes and uh i get i get why because it's definitely mentally taxing and then like it kind of trickles down into being physically taxing as well i also just like feel like i didn't drink enough water i like woke up the next day feeling like hungover even though i didn't drink at all and it was i think i just yeah. didn't drink enough water and uh yeah you're just sitting you're sitting in the chair for 14 hours it's pretty crazy no it's all interesting i mean as long as i think your lack of discussing it means you agree you were probably third best at our richmond game right i mean maybe you yeah, were probably, yeah. i don't know yeah third best easily I mean, I'm I'm the, I'm the fish at every every table I sit at, baby. You, everybody wants me at the table. He's building the long game. It's all about yeah, that long game. You got it's all it's all it's all about the long game. You know, you got to get into the Harrison, Harrison was a Harrison was a big fish back then too. I'll oh yeah, you were, splash you were. splashing around early, somehow always around late. A very interesting strategy when it comes to poker. But man, that was really fun to follow along. Awesome, awesome work. I think it was fun for the community shout out to the people in the community that were sending all the good lucks all the positive vibes that was that was really fun last night and uh awesome to get to a point where you still had chips on 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 the table at the end of the tournament i see him getting to that point and that big of a tournament is just awesome so uh excited yeah. to see no, it was, excited to it, see what's next it was it was, it was nice. fun to have everyone following along and like th- thanks everyone for that i had like like you know i, pl- I played on friday obviously I didn't say anything and I got to Saturday and I was like, eh, like, I think it'd be fun to like tweet, tweet this out and, and follow it along. And, uh, you already I'm glad, I'm glad. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what I mean. I, like, I feel like I already cashed. I'm like, all right, it's like a six, like there's no downside now, but like it did, it did feel like, you know, cool playing for, you know, like feeling like there's a little bit more than just myself on the line, which was great. I mean, I honestly was not expecting the reaction that I got to the original tweet, like just in terms of the engagement and comments and good lucks and likes, like, I mean, it might sound lame, but that that help it helps and it like makes you feel good and it probably makes you play better too, honestly. 
you need something to look at and to read for 12 hours, 11 <laughs> out of the 12 hours where you're just looking at two cards and passing them back to, to somebody who, who continues to pass you cards and you continue to pass it back to them. So yeah, that's, that was, that was pretty cool for sure. It's true because just avoiding boredom. And I feel, I feel like for amateurs, this is the hardest part about a big tournament is avoiding that boredom because you can play for 12 hours and all you need to do is get bored for 10 minutes yep. and you play two hands that you shouldn't have played. And like just that one fact, and that's literally less than 1%, maybe 1% of the hands you're going to play the entire day. Just avoiding that hand, those two hands, is huge. It really, it really is. It's like, it's really just avoiding that landmine and avoiding like getting yourself involved in a hand. And then like all of a sudden you're at the river and you're like, oh my God, like I didn't even want to play this hand. And here I am. Chance three. With, three. Yeah, what am I doing in this hand? Right and, and like, well, I, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I was actually Jack thinking three about or Jack that. Four? Which one? Jack, Jack, there we go. There we go. I was no one knows. I was, I was honestly thinking about it today, and I feel like there's like four or five hands that I'm like, okay, I made mistakes there. But I mean, that's not not bad. Like, I feel like for the most part, I was feeling pretty pretty sharp. But there was definitely like two or three hands where, as soon as the hand ended, I was just like, what were you doing? Like, that wasn't gonna work. Well, why did you think that was gonna work? But you know, it's easy to get caught up in the moment. And you, you know, you end up on the river and you don't have a hand and you're like, well, I can't, I don't want to just lose. So I got to bet, even though I like, you know, my store, to, yeah, it, it, it's fun. And you get into all the meta with the players in live poker too, which is, is a good time. And it's also funny, like so many of these people know each other, especially as we got down to the final couple tables. It's like. Oh, is Greg, oh, Greg just busted over there. Oh, how's Johnny doing? It's like, you know, all the, all the East coast regs. So it was fun to mix it up with, with them a bit and uh, was rocking the OTM hat. So I got some questions about what's OTM, talked a little little on the moment. Maybe next time I'll, I'll sell some Jolly Jokers at the table. And maybe that can be a you know, bounty. Knock, like, uh, who, who's the guy that did the book? Barry Greenstein. Every time you knock him out, he gives you gives you a book. All right, if you knock me out, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a NFT of a Jolly Joker. I'm sure the people would love that. Oh, that's only for the $5,300 tournaments in office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what the people playing that want. Like they definitely want a Jolly Joker so they can get lifetime access to OTM premium. I know for sure that's what they're that's what they're really dreaming of when they show up at the fifty three hundred. I mean, it's kind of fun. So in the past year and change since we've been involved with OTM, um, TJ and I combined have kind of chatted up with three different World Series of Poker main event champions. Right? Yep. And uh, we're we're uh, we're still trying to get. We, we may get one or two of those into the Jolly Jokers. I don't know how your talks with. I got to follow back up with Raymer. They died. <laughs> they died off. I followed back up like. It was going to be his first I mean, NFT. we saw it was going to be his first NFT, and I mean, we saw uh, we went on that stream with MoneyMaker. We saw how that went, like technologically. So it's uh, and then I and then yeah, Jamie Gold. I had a call with at one point too. He's like into the kind of sports betting type of space as well yeah. so yeah it's it's fun i mean there's definitely like a lot of overlap between poker people and dfs and nfts and crypto you know any, anytime there's like speculative opportunity you get the same types of people showing up and getting involved in the industry yeah all right let's talk some football yeah i was gonna just start us off with you know we got looks like uh looking over in the jolly joker discord we got 
two different people at the game rise up is at the game and we sent b denbo to the game sent an awesome picture of himself and one of his buddies at the game so two people taking in the sunday night football game which is which is really fun uh and man sofi stadium just looks incredible from the pictures that people are sending in that that place has to be one of the top stadiums to now watch a game in but yeah chargers uh and chiefs and uh i was i was looking as kelsey scored his his touchdown uh looks like he's in the field goal he's 71 one percent owned uh and he's uh what's his what's his hero percentage it looks like he's seven percent owned as a hero as well so uh yeah kelsey doing his thing for those people maybe some of the chalk actually hitting i know it was a week that the chalk also ultimately didn't do so great but um yeah fun to jump into analyzing the the rumble leaderboards here where do we want to start we want to start extra point we want to start field goal we want to start touchdown where, where do you guys want to start yeah, um, I mean, I'm just I'm showing some of the leaderboard right now. Um, I think so. If we want to start with the touchdown one, smallest field, um, we've got. Hey, it's it was a pretty flat contest with regards to ownership. Everything was, you know, not surprisingly pretty spread around. Um, so Sancho right now is currently in the lead, but you've got a lot of people chasing. Um, so I think Sancho just has Kelsey. You've got a bunch of Kelsey. What he was 77% um in the touchdown. I think the favorite right now is probably Andy Reid, who has Eckler, Kelsey, and McCaffrey still to go. Um, so lots, lots of opportunity there. Uh, I don't know if anyone trailing behind him really has too much. The McCaffrey's at um and I think the, the McCaffrey's, McCaffrey's not still, showing the PMR too, right? Is, we're having right, that, right. But that I still, there. I still think Andy Reid is the is, is the favorite with the PMR um, and all the opportunities. Yes, yeah, so, I mean the first thing we can see obviously is is similar to what we see in daily fantasy sports, where you're getting the some of the ownership percentages squeezed up in the smaller field stuff, uh, you know, and also when it comes to Rumble the people that are playing in the the touchdown likely have higher end collections. So they probably have, you know, pretty much the full player pool available to them. It'll be, I'm super curious to see how it evolves over time. Right. I think, I think if I was playing, it makes sense to kind of play optimally chalky, whatever you want to call it early on, especially the first week, kind of see how things go. And then, as each week goes, you'll have more well, info on if you're ahead, behind. Am I trying to maintain? Am I trying to chase down? So I think we'll definitely see strategic elements there. As uh, you know, as people fall behind, you can't just play the same players that everyone else is playing because you gotta you know catch up to them week over week. So with the cumulative scoring, the cumulative leaderboards, I think that's going to be a real cool dynamic. I was trying to give a little better view on this, so I'm pulling it back up. But um, yeah, and I think it's interesting because I agree. Like, I don't think there was too much value from a touchdown standpoint of going against the chalk. But that said, there's still like, I mean, so this is what jumped out to me is okay. So Derek Henry, 81, but like we knew what you were getting with your 25 because he played the Rumble record. No big deal. Okay, makes sense. Justin Jefferson, 69%. Stefan Diggs, 62%. Devontae Adams was 4%. I think only two of the forty. Adams is getting people. underowned every week. He's getting underowned right. every week. I don't. I don't get how people aren't playing him. I would be. And I guess like day. he had a Q tag going into the week, but like if you really dug into it, like it wasn't an issue. Uh, Denver is the number one scoring defense 
and pretty much best against opposing QBs. So maybe that scared some people. Um, but like you looked at Las Vegas and like they don't have Darren Waller. They don't have Hunter Renfro. Um, it's not easy to run against Denver. Like, I don't know. I think we can get to DFS stuff, but like Devonta Adams pretty much single-handedly gave me a, you know, big win in the, in, in my tournaments today, like him and Tony Pollard. And uh, yeah. so that's where I just think it's like, Hey, for the touchdown. Yeah, definitely not against, you know, not trying to go crazy or anything with your chalk, but there's probably some like, Hey, instead of going for the second best wide receiver, maybe the fourth or something. And especially once we get past the bye weeks, which I think will be like week 14, that's where it's going to get really fun because now you're getting like, there was no Tyreek Hill. There was no Jalen Waddle this week. Uh, some of your biggest, you know, best wide receivers were off the board. Cooper Cup, unfortunately, might be done for the year and such, but we lost him. But for the most part, like, I think it's going to be really fun um, for that. Any other comments here? And then we can jump to some of the other contests. I thought it was interesting with uh, Christian Watson. He was 35% at the wide receiver position, and Derrick Henry was 80% at the running back position. Mm -hmm. So clearly a little less. He had a little less points. He had 21 points, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, a little bit more volatility there, but definitely a pretty big – uh, big ownership disparity between what you saw people willing to roster Henry versus Christian Watson. I, I, I assume that was related to the position, but I still thought 21 was a pr pretty solid score to lock in. So 30% of 35% of people uh, lock in that in. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Let's go take a look at Christian Watson. So, I mean, and if you wanted to play him this week, his low ass $7. And so there was, you know, <laughs> No barrier to entry virtually um, if you wanted to play. And we did see like throughout the week, you know, I had some purchases there, some names that I recognized here. So some people probably playing him for that rumble uh, wrinkle aspect. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think 21 is probably right at that line where it's like, you're happy with, like, I probably wouldn't play 21 yeah. in my main event because you're trying to get such high upside. But in the touchdown, 21 ain't bad. Hey, beat Stefan Diggs. Beat hell oh, crazily beat justin jefferson to uh to to our jj demise uh, we, we can get a dfs in a few keech i know I me know. yeah me and justin made a boo-boo in fanduel cash did we fancy uh, i don't know if we did but the results that's the worst part, that's the worst part i don't know i, know. I don't know but we we, we lay swapped off of a lineup that would have ended up being a full double into a lineup that was like literally 100 out of 100 in in 50-50s. That's not because Justin Jefferson went three for three. 30, Justin 30. Jefferson, Kirk Cousins absolutely. threw for like 120 yards on the night. Um, the game was over at half. Like, and it's like we're debating two different late swap options. One of them with Jefferson. One of them with freaking Devonte Adams. And we, uh it was sad. It was. It was. It was. It was a bummer. I still think it might have been correct to swap, though. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, usually, like, the way that TJ and I kind of will do our DFS process is we both, like, create our own lineup separately. Then we look, you know, we kind of compare with each other and kind of talk. And I'd say about, like, 70% of the time we end up on different lineups. But there's probably, like, a difference of, like, two, two guys, three guys. There's sometimes one or two. And then uh, occasionally, though, we'll end up on the same one. And that's what we did for this week. And... There were a lot of possibilities for this week. Um, even down to the wire was still kind of you know, considered between a couple. And then Kenyon Drake just put up a dud. The entire Baltimore team put up a dud. So put, a, put us in a position where it was like, hey, 
I think we need to late swap and um, made a late swap that gave up less than a point while getting three unique players. So felt that it was the right play. Um, but those players that we were getting basically was given up Higgins who had a monster day nine for 154 was last I saw, maybe did more. Um, and instead got Justin Jefferson who, yeah, probably had a bottom bottom 5% game. I mean, when does Jeffrey, Justin Jefferson ever have a game this bad? And like, they're trailing so much the whole time. You can't freaking, they couldn't do anything. They got behind so bad that they got pulled. Yeah. They didn't even C- finish Cousins the game. didn't play the fourth quarter. Yeah, I know. He just kept getting sacked. He just, like, it was, it was oh. such an atrocious. Oh, and they were just running. Like, Dalvin Cook was actually efficient on the ground. That's the only thing that was going. But the uh, time of possession was 100% against the, 100% the great hydrogen was completely against him. Um, oh, okay. The Let's tilt see. was real, but... I mean, I see people in chat saying, like, yeah, the Jefferson Lamb, I mean, hose yep. everywhere. I mean, Jefferson Lamb sounded like such an amazing mini stack back and forth for a game that was, you know, had the potential to be a, a shootout. And uh, one team did their part in the shootout, Minnesota. I mean, that Dallas defense is fantastic. The last couple of weeks, they have not been great. And what was really interesting was going into the game, um... It was in Minnesota. Help me here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe I believe it was, it was in Minnesota, yeah. and Dallas was like a three-point favorite. So yeah. you have a team that's just came off beating, um, you know, Buffalo. You have they're at home. They have one loss in the season, and their three-point underdogs at home to Dallas was con- perplexing to some people. And uh, like when you looked into why it was, and so Levitan does the. Uh, one of the ETR gambling pods with a guy whose basically job is to help set lines or beat lines. Um, and he talked about like, Hey, all the underlying metrics, all the play-by-play Minnesota is just not that good of a team. Um, and then Dallas on the other hand, like they haven't played up to their ability, but like their defense, they could be the best team in the NFC. Um, I don't know. Tony we'll, Pollard we'll is so good, man. Tony Pollard is unbelievable. Yeah. So I, my tournament team this week was basically Justin Fields a whole bunch of crap and Devonte Adams and Tony Pollard. And those two Good enough this week. gave me. Yeah. And I think I was in for 700 and out for around 6,000. Um, wasn't, wasn't for, that pretty much everyone's if you had those players, it really didn't matter who you had in the middle because it was pretty much a bunch of crap, no matter what. <laughs> exactly. Right. And that's the, these are the kind of weeks where it makes sense to, you know, Hey, if the chalk busts, you want to be off the chalk and have like the low percent. Like Devontae Adams was 1% owned in tournaments. Tony Pollard was 3 to 5% owned in tournaments. And they both went off. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it worked out well. But is this, is this Stogie talking about, uh, about Devontae? About Adams? Devontae, I believe. Yeah, Devontae Adams, I believe. Stogie is the king of week one. I mean, <laughs> TOC. No, was that Andy or Stogie? That was Andy. Andy. And then yeah, I think he was saying. I think he was saying that's the reason why he didn't play him in week one. Just given that you project lower, you start you start with the the chalk. To your point, DJ, I think sort of using that strategy, you're just kind of hammering in the chalk to not make to make sure you're not sort of falling behind in a massive way. But yeah, I think it will be interesting to see week twelve and going forward. I, I also really do believe you know things like the Christian Watson thirty five percent at twenty one points. I think all of that strategy is going to come into play in week twelve and on 
and onwards. Obviously, we have a huge Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day slate uh, that will all have all be part of the Rumble Wrinkle next week. But it's going to be very interesting to see how ownership disperses, who's paying attention to the Rumble Wrinkle, and you know what ownership does look like for the teams that are you know not in the top ten. Even in the even in the touchdown, when you're not in the top ten, you're it's better to chase pretty hard early. I think to know if you need to chase very very hard late. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how how uh, how different people's lineups are in the next couple of weeks. Yep. And Stogie, like I completely hear you. And I think what's interesting is, so let me go right back to the touchdown. And so if I'm looking at some projections on their side, it's basically Diggs is 22 and a half points, Jefferson 22 and change lamb at 20 and Devonte Adams at 20. So like, yeah, you're giving up about two points in projections, but if we also look at the ownership, like there's still 37% of people that didn't play Diggs, and there's 30 some percent of people that didn't play Jefferson. So where did those all go? Did they all go to CD Lamb? Because otherwise, like Devontae is number four there. And for him to only have gotten played in two out of the 48, 4% of teams, that just to me was a bit shocking. And uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't think there's value, at least in the first 48, to like go contrarian just to go contrarian, but more of just strategy going forward, thinking like, hey, maybe going a bit off the board has some value. And um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to continue to follow. Yeah, and basically you're right. It did. It went. It went basically to CD and to AJ Brown essentially, uh, with with uh, Darnell Mooney being sprink- sprinkled in there, Christian Watson in there, and then T Higgins and Devontae were both at four percent from a touchdown standpoint. So yeah, it pretty much went went to AJ Brown and and went to CD. Uh, so if you weren't if you weren't on uh, if you weren't on Jefferson or or Diggs, you were on the other guys for sure. Yeah, I like this Yeah Baby lineup. We've seen him in the Discord and such. And just taking a look at his, he got a little unique where he went with the fields, Dave Montgomery, Cole Komet kind of full game stack there, but no break back. Uh, but just like the onslaught then we call it. Um, and yeah, Fields and Montgomery did very well. He still got his Derrick Henry. He's still played like elites and Kelsey Lamb Jefferson, um, but did get a little off the board with the running back and the tight end. And as of now, like sitting him. in fourth place. Um, I guess even Fields was way off the board at only 4%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Fields continues to to be He's seemingly. Oh, that's right. That's right. What, we'll what's see what happens be... with the shoulder. We don't know yet, right? Yeah. Uh, who just scored? Okay. Was it Eckler? Yeah, it looks like Eckler just got a, looks like Eckler got a TD. Um, I'm behind you, I guess. Yep. I see that. Yep. There's Eckler a flag. There's a flag. So we'll see what happens. And then you ask a question in here from D Bizzle confirming Thanksgiving Day slate. Correct. Thanksgiving Day slate will be all played on Thursday. It will all be part of the wrinkle. So the, the slate will lock next week, same as all the other slates, Sunday at 1 p.m. So we will know the entire three games, entire nine teams, sorry, six teams uh, that are that are ultimately all have the results in before the slate will lock. So yeah, next week is going to be a very, very interesting week from an ownership standpoint. We will see what the results of those games look like, but definitely a lot of uh, firepower in the games that are on, are on Thursday next week. Yeah, I know we talked a little about it on, maybe it was the Thursday all day, but right here we've got Bills at the Lions. This should be fun playing indoors. Lions continues to be the course field of the NFL. Josh Allen, I mean, uh, Daniel Jones, I think may have even been the highest scoring quarterback this week going against the Lions, putting up 50 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Then you have Giants and Cowboys. Really have no idea what to expect with that one because the Giants just 
want to slow the game down and such. But um, what, four rushing touchdowns for Detroit this week, three for Jamal Williams against them. So we'll see what happens, Pollard and Zeke, but lots of opportunity there. And then Patriots, Vikings, maybe this is a get right spot for the Vikings after this uh, embarrassment today. I mean, that Patriots game, man, that was that was one of the most insane Crazy. endings to a football game ever. 3-3, three, three. <laughs> I mean, it uh, couldn't be worse from a, from a quarterback position from the Jets' standpoint. And yeah, they, they take a punt return back to the house to win the game, which was totally absurd. One, one of the more absurd things that happened, I feel like, on today's slate. And probably uh, ac- that game probably accurately summed up the, uh, the fantasy outputs from a, lo- a lot of people's DFS, Rumble, and other teams that are out there. Yeah, one other question in the chat from Blaze is a good question. There'll be one. There'll be one week. It's it's the I actually don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's the Christmas week that will lock on Saturday at one p.m. So that will be the only week that Rumble does not lock on Sunday at one p.m. It will be the Christmas week. It locks Saturday at one p.m. So that's the that that's the week of uh, a week of Christmas. So that is week sixteen. I can pull it up here, and we can give you a little view of just to make sense of why that's happening. Um, but yes, yeah, so Saturday, December 24th, you have almost a full slate of games. Um, so you've got Thursday, then you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven plus Thursday, so 12 games. So basically the entire slate is just a Saturday slate. And so it makes sense to yep. lock that one on Saturday at one, you'll still have the Thursday, December 22nd, Jags and Jets. Everyone's really excited for that one. Um, This is uh, NFL doing us a favor and saying, hey, maybe spend some time with your family this Thursday. Makes a ton of sense. Makes a ton of sense. And yeah, deep is a wish we knew on playbook. We we uh, we are getting the news the same way you're getting the news. So no, uh, not sure exactly what the NFL all day team will do with playbook. Have heard that they are potentially looking at bringing it back, but don't know when or how or what it will look like. So we'll uh, we'll wait to hear some more news from from Dave and and the team over at all day on. Yeah, Dave, uh, on Dave jumped on that first mint spaces briefly on Friday, and he said they're going to do. My, my read is nope. There's not going to be playbook this week, but they're going to do something for Thanksgiving slate. He definitely was was not super committal one one way or the other, which makes me think that when we like we will see it back, but it's going to be some kind of kind of different form. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not really trying to speculate too much on what on what we're going to get. Just kind of sit back, wait and see, and uh, when when we find out what it is, then then we'll talk about it then and make sure that that all the Jokers and OTM premium users have all the tools they need to to tackle whatever the new version of playbook looks like. Do we um do we have a pack that we want to open tonight? Oh, I got a pack. Oh, yeah, Coop's got. I know a pack, you've been right? uh, yeah. you've been. I got a I got a couple let's packs. You've been yeah, excited, let's, Coop. Let's do it, Coop. Anything else to close out? Um. I think that was mostly it. Yeah, I think I think ripping a pack and getting out of here would be fun. Catch the should be a good second half of this game here. Yeah. So I don't really. I mean, the reason why I kind of focus the touchdown is because it's a smaller group. We can kind of see like how it's going. The others, there's still a lot, lot of opportunity there. Um, I think McCaffrey is going to have a major role this second half with Eckler and Kelsey. Anything's up for grabs with the other ones. Um, oh yeah. Fun. 
and I'll and I'm still I'm gonna do my my rumble review at at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. So we'll uh, we'll have an idea of how this game finishes out, and we'll take another look at the leaderboard at that time. Um, do we want to give a little tease about what uh what Neil and I've been working on, or do we want to just keep that a secret for? The oh, week? I was gonna end the show with when rarity. So yeah, give a tease. Let's hear it. Nah, we'll, we'll, we'll end the show with it. Right now, let's open some packs. All right, I like it. All right, do we want to open this this premium pack from this drop? Or I got this uh, this standard pack. I don't even know how long ago this was, to be honest. I'd go with the one from yesterday. Or from the yesterday Friday. one? Yeah. Because uh, yeah. there was some good, I mean, it's a premium one. There was some good, even though like the values ended up not being that great, like there were some good rares and legendaries in there. Just no PJ Walker. Yeah, I mean, let's see what happens. I think I think the ultimate pool, I think for me, would be the McCaffrey. You gotta, I gotta, I gotta assume that the uh, McCaffrey's got to be one of the best ones to pull. I would assume. McCaffrey's out of Packs, packs, packs. Do, 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 do. Come on, flow blockchain. Packs on packs. I know sometimes this can take a little while. Yeah, I should have thought to sync it up. I was, honestly wasn't even thinking it. I would I would have been another uh, another 10 p.m. message in our Slack channel from from me that said, "Damn, I forgot that we should open my pack." <laughs> That's okay. It'll get there. Uh, Debizzle, you got a Josh Allen rare. Nice, nice. Wow, um, let's go. Of That's the all. rares, that was kind of you know a very very strong one. Um, um, do we see? Did they end up? I think they didn't sell out, did they? At least not the standards. Premium definitely sold out. Standards, I thought there was like five or six hundred packs left. The, the last time I had checked in on it, I don't, okay. I don't actually know if they ended up selling them all out or not. But I, uh, I could be wrong there. I know that it was basically like could continue to buy pretty much as as much as you wanted. So I, I'm not sure if they ended up cutting it off. I thought I saw a tweet around nine thirty or ten p.m. that was like they were cutting it off at some point potentially. I just don't know if they ended up selling out after that. That could be. Yeah, I mean, I think like the. the I don't know. The moments that were in it, the players were all for the most for the most part, like good players, quality moments. So I think they did a very good job with that. I think um just current market price point was a little, little too high. Um, but maybe that's okay. Maybe this is part of a long-term vision that if packs don't sell and people want to go to the marketplace, they go to the marketplace. I don't know. Yeah, I saw a bunch of tweets out there that people took their their cash to the marketplace and made a lot of Rumble purchases. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, you have uh, optionality if you are wanting to gamble a little bit and go for those legendaries. Shout out Josh Allen. You got the CMD, got the CMC legendary. I thought that was pretty sweet. So I saw that on Twitter. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah so awesome. good, so good. Slash seventy nine, I think. So um, that's that's. Awesome. All right, go. let's do it. We got eight, right? We got eight. I'm going backwards, I guess. Backwards and skip over the, the special one. Yeah. Yeah, they, got, am Thornton. I going to be able to see that? Yeah, you will. You will. Uh, we got a rookie from New England. Got hurt early on. Great to have him back on our team. He's going to be a field spreader. Um, the second round pick of Patriots this year. Tackle yeah. next. So, do I need to? Okay. Yeah, like an issue here. You'll see. It'll be a different color every time. My best skill, you know, it's just, you know, the fact that, like, Ooh. I can oh, be voiceover. filled on at any oh, turn. Yeah. It don't matter, you know, if I got the ball in my hand or if I don't have the ball in my hand, just constantly, you know, being physical against a guy, you know, trying to you know, wear the other team down. I'm making promises myself that I'm going to I'm gonna approach my rookie season. Three like guys a, rookie, I like, like it. Pro, like, 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 
like these year two or three guys, you know, approach the league. You know, I don't want to, you know, feel like I'm you know, nowhere, you know, less than them. I want to be on the same page with, you know, everybody I play next to, you know. Also, I know that they got to be proven with, you know, work ethic and, you know, how I approach the building every day and, you know, week in and week out. And I'm just ready, you know, just kind of get on that track, really. Pretty cool story, man. That guy, his uh, his story from the preseason to, to now is it's pretty crazy. So. What an absolute beast of a man, Kirk. Got a little QB there. You like? I'm happy man. with you right now, Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at that offensive line. He barely had any time. Uh, he probably nice little, little if, nice little legs, nice little legs there. That would have got a zero points today as well. <laughs> yeah. Frickin' JJ. Raheem. Raheem Mostert. Is this a touchdown? He's... A bunch of TDs in this pack. I like that. Good to prioritize those. I'm like, nah. Yeah. Some of the early pack days, man, where there was like just random 20-yard plays. I thought that was, Braxton Berrios, baby. Braxton Berrios afterburners, kick return. Just the best. Afterburners that he gets caught. Uh, gets caught at like the 20. Uh, uh, that's that's all they do. There you go. Ooh. What's happening? That's the special one. That's that must you be your rare no, sauce lunch here. Okay. That's just you clicked. <laughs> Marcus. Marcus. Some QB love in this pack. All right. You got some you got some moments to burn. Sometimes you need some of those as well. <laughs> Alright, skip over this one. Just, just click somewhere and you'll get rid of that box. Javon Holland, all day debut. Against my against my Steelers. Pick it right in his hands. Oh, see ya. <laughs> Where were the Bengals doing that today, TJ? <laughs> We're just getting trolled by this pack now. Friggin' pivot off of Las Vegas defense at like 70% ownership. And, and I mean, Russell Wilson just stands there until people tackle him. That's basically what he does. He looks like Carson Wentz out there. I thought Carson getting benched for, for Heineke. I mean, has to, obviously, but I find Wait, that amusing. Three out of four beat Buffalo. Yeah. So, yeah. And they beat Phil. Zach Ertz. One of Justin's nice rumble purchases, uh, nice rumble additions to this pack. First moment right here, right? Yeah, except he's out for the season now. <laughs> was was gonna be nice. He was third third in tight ends prior to getting hurt. Um, was just you know, even though he was, he's not the most efficient and didn't have basically any yards after catch, he was um, just a focal part of the offense. And now maybe rookie Trey McBride can take his spot. We'll see. Well done, staying in bounds there. Yeah, nice footwork right there. Yeah, okay. seriously. For a big man, nice footwork right there. All, All right. right, let's see where we end up. Here we let's go. See. J.A. 46. J.A. Josh Allen. I'll take it. Let's go. I'll take it. Let's go. I love it. Hell yeah. I mean, this guy's been the hero of my fantasy squads this year. Just uh, one, one, one major league that I got going. Him and Diggs together. Just uh, you and DeBizzle sharing in the Josh Allen love. Pretty, pretty nice. I mean, not many quarterbacks in the league can do that and take the hits that this guy takes. A special, special character for sure. Love it. Love it.
that shall do it. Any final words for the people as we close this show on Sunday evening? I just think that if people were interested in rankings and listicles and figuring out one thing that's more rare than the other, they should keep an eye out this week. Ayo. Oh. When rarity. And with that said, after this week. I actually had a lot of fun. I basically stayed up all night um, a couple nights ago. <laughs> basically built out a model. Press the end, end broadcast button as Justin's talking. Like, and, and, no, go ahead. Tell us. I basically built out a model that's specific to Jolly Jokers that will give you the rarity rank. Um, and so from one to 5,000 um, and letting you know, you know, hey, for all the ones that have been minted, you can, you'll be able to see what your rarity for your Jokers are. And uh, for the ones that have not been minted, uh, those are still be available. Neil, Neil has done a fantastic job basically um, taking my Scribble Scrabble Excel models and turning it into something that it looks amazing. So Neil's done such a good job with the entire JJ Explorer as well. So this is just uh, another kind of addition. Shout out Neil, man. That guy, he he doesn't quit. His his brain his brain is on a, on a different level. He's he's doing all Lots. the things for all the JJs for all the all the Rumble contests. This guy's just been crushing it. So shout out Neil, man. All right, with that, that'll do it for the week eleven edition of the Sunday Night Rundown. We'll catch you guys in the Discord, and if you got other things you want to hear us talk about, let us know. Otherwise, talk to you all next week.